0: Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Artist Nanette Boileau's medium is video. Her new show, American Dreamers Unalienable Rights, opened last week at the William and Florence Schmidt Art Center in Belleville, Illinois. Its subject might surprise you. Despite its name, it's not focused on immigration or the Bill of Rights. Instead, it's about athletes, three athletes specifically, a boxer, a mixed martial arts fighter, and a professional wrestler. In a series of intense videos, Boilo explores this trio's dreams of glory. Stepping into the gallery feels like stepping into the ring with these athletes and getting ready to take a few punches. Joining me in studio to talk about it is St. Louis artist Nanette Boilo. Nanette, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. So what's the genesis of this show?
1: <clears throat> well, this show definitely stems um, from the work that I did on Dakota Territory, which was part of the Great Rivers Biennial in 2016, <clears throat> which uh, documented... The cattle ranching industry in Wyoming and also the wild buffaloes in Custards uh, uh, State Park. And, and that seems
0: like way mm, different than what this is
1: going on. I know. So, a lot of the, what I was doing was dealing with um, issues of labor and landscape and kind of notions of manifest destiny and how things are created and come to be. And um, so, simultaneously, I was also working on my PhD. <laughs> So I was looking, um, very much in studying UFC, very interested in the sports. UFC
0: is ultimate fighting
1: conference. And, um, so it's a, um, you know, an MMA, um, brand that is a national brand in United States. And, um, uh, so I was looking, you know, just kind of, you know, how gender plays in in with, you know, UFC and also its connection with Spike TV and how that affects, you know, uh, the viewer and and um, so I just the more and more I got involved in researching the UFC and MMA and and what's going on with the fighters. I was also training with a trainer and kept talking to him about it and he kept telling me, well, I knew a, know a few fighters and and i'm like you know kind of asked you know why why would they do that cuz for me to get into a cage and to put myself in that situation just seems scary and like I wouldn't want to do it don't want to get punched in the face kind of the same thing with the boxing is like yeah why would is, someone yeah, willingly do yeah, that? yeah like this is something physically I don't want to do and and so you know just kind of understanding you know the drive and the interest to do such a thing and the response from the trainer was well it's their American dream Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how this all started. Was just you know, how do we attain dreams and how do we go about it? And and um, so definitely with the the MMA piece um, or uh, uh, with Freddie and then also with Deborah is this kind of notion of placing yourself in a situation that you may not have an opportunity, which stems directly from Dakota, D- Dakota territory, because not many people have opportunities to go spend, you know, a month on a ranch and see how they take care of cattle and, you know, and how does that connect with how um, the land um, uh, management um, takes care of the the buffalo in, in Custer State Park and kind of, you know, this, this opportunity to place yourself in a situation that you may not ever put yourself into. Um, and, and this
0: makes for a really unusual gallery show. At one point, people are even asked to take their shoes off. Yeah, well, part of you know being
1: in a cage is that you don't get to wear shoes, and so this also stems from the gym itself and um, uh, and the rules that they have for the cage. And JD's gym was instrumental in how the actual installation and the conceptualization of, of the exhibition was um, because of some of the banners that they had, the, just the rules that they have for their cage, how their cage was made, that type of thing, and, uh, and, you'll, and when, it, within the videos, there's seven videos that are in this cage, so basically we made a mock um, octagonal cage that people can enter into. So you've got the the mat, which you've always got to, you know, be sure that the mat's well taken care of so that, you know, people can actually wrestle on it and be in contact with. And so part of going into the cage is that you have to take your shoes off, you know, and there's a list of rules, which is, you know, no biting, no long nails, you know, there's no sparring, you know, and then enter at your own risk type deal. So once you enter into the ring, there are seven monitors that actually show different aspects of Freddie. I followed Freddie um, for a year, filming him both at the gym, at his house, and then also at three of his matches. I think you've had four total um, over the year.
0: Well, cool. so this is actually a perfect time. Let's yeah. get to our other two guests yeah. who are here in the studio today. Um, we're also joined by boxer Deborah Rush and MMA fighter uh, Faruddin uh, who goes by Freddie. Um, Deborah and Freddie, welcome so much to the program. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Yeah. Um, so, Freddie, um, Nanette was just asking you a question. Let's go to that question. So, and I forgot what the question was. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us how you two ended up meeting up.
1: Well, actually, it was another trainer that introduced me to Freddie, and then uh, I went and, you know, talked to Freddie, and we got along famously, so we decided to start training together, and uh, so he eventually became my trainer, but then at the the same time, I was also filming him, and uh, and basically... um, Followed him around <laughs> <laughs> and filmed the poor guy, and uh, so the, no, and and it was three. The, what I was going to say is I forgot how many total. Did you have four total matches?
2: The time you and I were together it was about four matches total. I've had about eight matches, but the time net and I trained was about uh four three to yeah. four matches. Three I would say
0: yeah. So Freddie, let's let's hear a little bit about your story. You came to the U.S. as a kid from Bosnia, is that right? Correct. Um, what led you to get into martial arts?
2: Well, from a young age, I was, I mean, I come from a country, from a war-torn country, that is. Uh, My parents moved to the uh, United States in 1997. Now, as a kid, I always liked wrestling, and I was always into things that involved, like, me being physical. And uh, I started Taekwondo at a very young age for discipline, and uh, my parents at that time couldn't afford to put me through any kind of program. So it was like a it was like a if you if we give you this we can't give you this kind of scenario so i trained martial arts for a from at a young age for a couple of years and then I kind of stepped away from the sport and then i got into like powerlifting and weightlifting and so forth but mma was one of those things that i felt like it was me versus me um, growing up I, I kind of struggled with team sports but in mma you think it's not a team sport but it really is a team sport but you're in charge of your own team you're like the spokesperson spokesperson of your team so for me it allowed me to be in control. If I lose, I'm in control. I mean, I have to get better. If I win, I learn. So there's, I was more in control of the circumstances. And
0: what do you mean there's a team? Do you mean the people who are helping to support you? Or you mean that you yourself are many entities in one entity? I'm basically,
2: when you see a fighter in a cage, it's like a video game. Somebody's behind the remote. Somebody's saying, throw a jab, throw a kick. And then in between rounds, because you're so caught up with the emotion, you're so caught up in the intensity of it, that sometimes... That's why so many fighters go back and study film on themselves, because they can't see what's happening in the fight. They've done it so many times that it's almost like a reflex of how they react to a punch or somebody tries to shoot a takedown. So a team in between rounds be like, okay, we need you to heavily focus on wrestling this round. Or if every time he throws a kick, we need you to counter with this. So you have somebody play by play in between rounds. You have somebody shouting across the cage, hey, like, throw some more kicks, throw some more kicks and then when you're training for a fight you have somebody who's in control of who's in charge of your sparring sessions who's in charge of your um grappling your nutrition your strength and conditioning so there's so many people that are involved in making you better and that always was so exciting to me because everybody played a role in who i was when i stepped inside that cage
0: they're all on team freddy
2: they're all on team freddy
0: deborah rush how does that compare to being a boxer do you also have a team that's there sort of focused on on helping you get better
3: yeah absolutely so i fight for a man named kirk douglas and our gym is realm boxing um so really boxing you have everybody in your corner um but inside the gym they're they're sparring with you. They're training with you. They're helping you become the better athlete, getting ready for the fight. So it's really everything Freddie said plus, you know, it's just a big family that's supporting you and getting you ready for your your fights, your goals, your events.
0: And yet for both of you, when you're actually there in the ring, it's all on you. Uh, Deborah. Yeah. what's that pressure like? Um, you know, sometimes you don't remember. <laughs> you get get in the ring and you
3: kind of just – zone in to what you have to do. You don't have room for emotion in there. So, I'm always nervous to get into the ring and then once that bell goes, I'm I'm good because there's no time for anything else. So, it's kind of nice like Freddie said like having that thought process that you're in control, which is why I love boxing in the first place. Like it pushes you past your mental and physical abilities to see what you're really made of. And I, that's just an aspect of it I like. So, getting in the ring is just a like a test or a a validation of who you are, who
0: you're trying to be. Or Freddie, do you feel that same sort of moment of being in the zone? Once you're in the ring, the, the nerves fade away?
2: It's the, as much, I always say this, like, you're on stage, but you don't even know you're on stage. So you walk out, you have hundreds of people, but that doesn't matter. That day, it's like think of the best way to describe it is you almost get hit by a car and you know you almost got hit by a car and you're trying to fathom like I'm thankfully I'm alive you have that adrenaline rush it's like you didn't think there's a car coming I'm going to do this so in that moment um you're trying to fight being calm you're trying to stay out of your head you're not trying to be emotional in there so it is you're so much in the zone that the one thing they always remind you is have fun, because a lot of people, guys and girls tend to go in there and they are so focused on what's gonna happen that it really is fun. I mean, yeah, this person wants to hurt you. I don't know how fun that can be, but that doesn't it, sound fun. It doesn't sound fun. But you also know one thing that I think mixed martial arts has done for me is, you know how the other person feels about you. They're trying to hurt you, whereas in life, you know, you might be in a situation like you you don't know how somebody feels about you. In a fight, you know that person is trying to try and take your head off. At the end, you got to show yourself respect, and you gain this bond. I feel like I've had fights with guys that I've never had exchanged words since, but when I see him, there's this connection. It's like I spent a cage with another man, as weird as that <laughs> sounds, in a cage, but you have this— Bond, you're so in the zone that you, for that 15 minutes or however long that fight is, you don't think. You're not thinking as much, so you're just kind of like flowing. You're just kind of floating in air. It's a weird description, but it's...
0: I see Deborah nodding. It sounds like maybe the same thought in boxing. Yeah.
4: You feel that intense connection. So that connection.
0: sparring
3: sessions, the getting ready for the fights, like it's supposed to be like breathing. You get in there and you just, your body should do the reflexes. That's what you've been training for. That's what all the hard hours have been leading up to is this three-round fight to just prove what you've been working on and what you can do, and it should just hopefully come natural. Sometimes it doesn't, but...
0: Nanette Boyleau, you watched both of these athletes um, doing many, many um, bouts and practices. Did you see the fun that, that Freddie describes? Are they enjoying what they're doing as people are trying to kill them in the ring?
1: <laughs> Definitely with Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> he enjoys He's it. He's having a good time. Probably the <laughs> intensity, too. <laughs> and uh, and, and Deborah was li- the, how we handled uh, Deborah was a little bit different than Freddie. Um, I actually... Um, wanted to be able to put the viewer into a particular situation. So that was more of a constructed scenario. So it wasn't me following Deborah for a year. And, and otherwise this project still wouldn't have happened if I had to do that with that. And then the the wrestler and uh, Chris Hargis. And um, so with her, I had her do specific things. And so, and basically what it is, is that I wanted an opportunity for the viewer to be able to walk into a situation and be in the center of a, a a ring and Mm -hmm. so that you've got two fighters punching at you, but you're completely safe. So it's kind of this scenario of like, (laughs) I want to see what it looks like at the end of a glove as the glove comes at you, because I can't imagine. You know, being in either of these situations and having a glove or a foot coming at you, and you know, how what, what is that like? I mean, what is it like to see that coming at you? In, and and uh, that
0: video of Deborah, which we played some audio of at the very beginning, it's so intense. She's so close to your. It feels like she's so close yeah, to your video yeah. camera. Was she just right up in your face? Um,
1: well, you know, <laughs> that a trick of techn- art with <laughs> with my fantastic artistic abilities. <laughs> <laughs> I was a <the> safe distance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you really fooled. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with Nanette Boyle, Deborah Rush, and Freddie Kostirovats discussing Nanette's new show, American Dreamers, Unalienable Rights. It opened last week at the William and Florence Schmidt Art Center in Belleville. And as Nanette mentioned there, there's actually a third athlete that is featured in this show. He's a professional wrestler named Christopher Anthony Hargis. In one of the videos, he seems to call out the gallery goers. Let's give a listen to what he says.
4: Hey. Hey, you over there. I'm talking to you. You got something to say? Why don't you climb in this ring and get in my face and say it? Oh, you think that's funny over there? Why don't you put that popcorn and soda down and come over here and try and make me laugh if I'm so funny, tough guy? Oh, you think you're funny over there with your cut-off sleeves trying to look all tough for your old lady sitting next to you? Why don't you show what type of man you're made of and come up here and get in my face? Hey, old lady, why don't you quit knitting over there and pay attention? You might learn something in your old age. Hey. You feeling froggy over there? Why don't you jump up here? Hey, I'm talking to you. Why don't you pay attention when I'm talking to you? You got something to say too? Why don't you come up here? I'm all ears. Nothing but space and opportunity over here. You got something else to say? Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking straight to you.
0: That's wrestler Christopher Anthony Hargis talking trash in a video by artist Nanette Boilo. Uh Nanette, having that playing in a gallery setting it must have been somewhat disconcerting for some of the patrons to hear this guy. It sounds like he's calling you out.
1: Yeah, and that's—I mean—that's was the intent of the the uh, the piece itself was for it, the piece itself. He, he calls out and does smack talk eleven times throughout an hour and um, just kind of randomly pops up, you know, at different times at different, you know. Um, Durations and when you uh, don't
0: expect him to start talking.
1: No, and basically what I wanted to do was, you know, to all of a sudden start booming through the gallery and just, you know, start calling out the viewers, like, "Oh my God, I'm getting called out!" You know, like, "What, what? You know, what's happening here?" And so, no, um, and he um, he's been a professional wrestler for twenty years and. Has, um, and when we're talking wrestling, so there's a big difference between professional... You know, like when you say professional wrestling, we're talking WWE. Yeah. So we're talking this wrestling at the theater. chase. This is, you know... I mean they're still throwing each other and still but it is you know it's it for me they're you know being a kid and being older than everybody in the room there was wrestling at the chase and there was a TV show on Saturday mornings that you know basically we watched the wrestlers do this and and perform these you know acts and and it was always this weird play between reality and and play of you know is this really real or is it fake you know and uh, so he's been doing this for 20 years and and uh, um, you know he's the self-proclaimed king of wrestling and uh, so he basically there's an opportunity for viewers to have a step into the ring with Chris Hargis so <laughs> <laughs>
0: And there's also another somewhat unusual sport here, even though boxing certainly has a lot of popularity nationwide, it's a lot more unusual to have a female boxer, which is what we have with Deborah Rush. Deborah, do you hear people who just can't believe that a young girl could be a boxer? Yeah, I get it a lot. They're like, you're
3: boxing? Why do you want to get hit in the face? Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, I, I want to move my head and not get hit in the face, but... You know i just let them know like my attraction to the sport and how much i love it but it is rare to come across female boxers especially in st louis um i feel like along the coast boxing is way bigger but in st louis amateur boxing is very small and very um not kind of in the limelight mm-hmm. so it's really a big deal to have amateur boxing be brought up anywhere so i'm excited for that but um, there's not a lot of girls. so you. Does kind that of, make
0: those of you in the scene? Do you end up sort of forming a community? It
3: is a community. I mean, we all want to win. So we, I mean, when you're in the ring, you're not like best friends. But outside of the ring, we may fight people that we spar with. So it's just such a small community that um, we have great relationships with gyms. Like we go to Wellston or 12th and Park and Wool. And we'll even travel to Granite City to go to Hit Squad to get the sparring that we need because the community is so small. Um, But we end up fighting the same people that we fight at those gyms. Over and over. Yeah. So So
0: tell us this. For those of us who have never been in that ring, which I'm sure is 99% of our listeners, what's it like being hit by a girl? Um, It hurts. Girls hit hard. No matter what anybody
3: says, (laughs) girls hit hard. That cliche (laughs) is not true. (laughs) If somebody says, do you hit like a girl? I'd say, God, I hope so. Because they are so aggressive. Female athletes in general, I think, are just so aggressive. But... um, I spar mainly with guys, so I'm the only female fighter at my gym, so my teammates are all men.
0: And are they comfortable hitting you as hard as you want them to hit you? Oh, yeah, they seem
3: very comfortable doing that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're not holding (laughs) back.
3: (laughs) They're not trying to kill me, but they definitely want me to be the best I can be, and if they baby me, they're not doing that. So I have a very supportive team. While they're not trying to kill me, they, they... don't relax because I'm a female. You know they have that mindset that I'm a fighter in the gym. So that's what I'm really lucky to have that because I don't know that every girl does have that that wants to fight.
0: But um, what's I it like fighting do? people that you have to fight again and again? Does that make for some weird situations, I uh, Freddie?
2: Add to that last part. Yeah, going off what Deborah said. No, actually, I think when I go to a lot of the fights, the girls are probably more in your like when you see two girls fight. You're gonna actually see a fight because the guys you gotta realize that the girls are in your face like like they're ready to exchange so you'll see two girls going at it but two guys usually there it's more planned strategic because usually if you have two bigger guys fighting every punch possesses a full-blown knockout so guys everything's calculated they're trying to minimize them but you'll see two girls they'll give you a fight you're not gonna see two girls just sitting there you'll see girls exchanging combinations I would probably say that the girls actually put on more of a fight than the guys actually do in most of the fights that you watch. Now and that that's was, in MMA and boxing, too. Yeah, definitely. Did
0: you witness that in, in what you saw here, that the, the women are given better even than the men? Well, I was
1: pretty focused on Freddie, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you just a magnet. There was, only,
1: there was only a couple of uh, uh, women uh, bouts that happened mm-hmm. during Freddie's fight. So, okay. I mean, even the women in the, the MMA ring um is still in the Midwest, and like Deborah said, on the coast there's a lot more, but in the Midwest there's not as many. And I think it was towards the end that there was actually more, it seemed to be more women showing up for the fight, Mm. so. um, But no, I was pretty focused on getting what I needed for my artwork and (laughs)
0: So, Freddie, what was that like? It must have been strange to your fellow MMA fighters that you're like, yeah, I've got this artist who's shadowing
2: me. It was. I mean, like I – and I say this. I was actually telling my clients at work today. I was like, you know, I like attention, but certain attention is – it's different to me. And I think this was – like though I didn't spend 15, 20 years fighting, I've trained and I feel like it almost – it brings a person into the world what you're actually internally – what you're bringing into it. Because it's a more internal process that you – Put outside in the cage so it, it was neat it was different um it made for different training s- uh, sessions and it was actually a very very good experience
0: and do you think the show ultimately captures a little bit what it's like to be you to be an mma absolutely. fighter?
2: absolutely actually believe it or not um when i actually went to watch the piece i was actually sitting there i was now that i'm looking at it from the outside in not in during the process when you're more emotional more in tune with it thought to myself, well, hey, this is barbaric. I'm like, who would want to do this? <laughs> you had a
0: different perspective <laughs> on
2: your you own do? sport. I'm like, yeah. And I, when I go to fights now, like I'll go to to the fights like with my wife or something like that, and we'll watch these fights. And I'm like, these guys have to be crazy. I'm like, hey, you're going inside the cage. Why do you, w- what are you getting out of it? But when you're when I watch the fights, hey, I saw that, like you see the process, whether it's cutting weight, whether it's punching the back a billion times, working a uh, technique, wor- working the scenario it almost gives you a different respect for it, and you actually get to see things from it. It's, it's a whole different experience, like watching the piece when you're not actually going through it yourself.
0: Jennifer, what was your reaction to actually seeing the show? Um, I thought it was cool. Um, I didn't get
3: to go to the opening night because I was working, but I got to see the previews of everything, and I just thought it was amazing how Nanette captured everything, and I think she's very talented, and it was cool to see like, kind of what it looks like because, I mean, when you're boxing, you don't pay attention to what it looks like on the end of the glove. You're just trying to move your head and counter it. So I thought it was cool to kind of take that step back, like Freddie said, and see the actual, like, visualization of what you are doing. And it just it made me ready to fight again. So I was like, and ah. that's
2: where I think where Nanette's talent comes into place because you got to look at it as it's not a documentary because you know you can YouTube that, but it's almost trying to get you to relive the real life show because when you walk into a fight, there's the walkout, there's the weigh-ins, there's so many parts that it's not just watching two guys exchange punches, and there's the actual fight, so I think what she was able to do, even whether it was with my piece or Chris's piece, she's trying to get the person who's viewing the piece to capture imagination, I think it was, it, she was able to do that without actually having somebody to go to an actual fight and watching it, so.
0: That's Freddie um, discussing Nanette Boylow's new show *American Dreamers*, which opened last week at the William and Florence Schmidt Art Center in Belleville. Freddie is on a brief hiatus now in terms of fighting, but has a professional contract waiting for him with Shamrock FC, which is St. Louis's MMM organization. We were also joined today by boxer Deborah Rush. Um, Deborah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. And we were joined by Nanette Boilo. Nanette, congratulations on your well, opening. Thank you
1: so much. I appreciate you inviting us all here and, and allowing the opportunity to talk about it. So.
0: This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.